welcome to Disky Talk with Luyolo. If you're tuning in for the very first time, I ask that you please subscribe and hit that notification bell. If you've been a part of the journey, I hope you thoroughly enjoy this episode. So, on today's episode, we discuss all things Cristiano Ronaldo returning to Manchester United. Yes, those are the big news that have broke in the past couple of 48 hours. And uh, the interesting thing with this is that nobody saw it coming. Because for the longest time, we all knew that Cristiano Ronaldo was a Juventus player. But what transpired in the past couple of days was that Juventus had a meeting with um, Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Jorge Mendes, uh, who is Cristiano Ronaldo's agent, and um, they came to a consensus that uh, they wouldn't be able to keep Cristiano Ronaldo on board, considering his, um, his weight structure. So when that happened, that's when Jorge Mendes started getting on the phone and uh, started contacting some of the biggest clubs within the world and uh, trying then obviously to get his client a new team. And um, for the longest time within the pursuit of getting him a new team, it looked like Manchester City were the front runners to sign him as uh, Cristiano Ronaldo personally was really impressed with that project. And I mean, when we look at Cristiano Ronaldo, well, when most people in the footballing world look at Cristiano Ronaldo, they see a 36-year-old who's nearing the end of his career. But Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't see himself as that. He obviously sees himself as a high-level, top-notch athlete who can still compete at the highest level week in, week out. So when you look at the project that Manchester City are building with Guardiola at the helm, it is attractive and lucrative to any footballer in the world. And uh, it would make so much sense because Manchester City compete on all fronts, A. B, they're always in contention to win multiple trophies each and every season. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo would love them to associate and align himself with that brand, especially considering that they've got top-class players. And, um, I mean, always, when you as a player, you look at the position you play and you look at those who are supporting figures and how could they get the best out of you, and you look at a player like De Bruyne, for example, I think Cristiano Ronaldo would be, um, he was obviously looking at that and thinking, going into a team of um, uh, uh, De Bruyne, Grealish, Mares, and Gundogan, all these creative players, you know, these are players who they could assist so many goals that I could score. So that project then was most enticing to Ronaldo. However, as the story developed, um, the narrative came to a point where Manchester City weren't really interested in him anymore. And um, obviously the things that came up was, how does he fit in from a style perspective? How does he fit in from a cultural perspective? And the dressing room as well. Because Manchester City aren't a club known to uh, break the weight structure. You know, so they are a club that won't... Yes, they've got lots of money and they'll sign lots of players, but... They're not a club that give ridiculous amount of wages, you know, to a lot of players. You know, yes, there's your high earners, your De Bruyne's, your Sterling's, um, and your Grealish. Uh, but they're not a team that is going to pay a footballer £500,000 a week. And that's more or less the demands when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo. So, from that perspective, it was not a fit. And then, at the last minute, Manchester United swooped in. And uh, they've managed to get their man. So, very excited as a Manchester United supporter because 
This is like the prodigal son returning back home. And um, if you consider the legend that he is at Manchester United and what he's done for Manchester United, and if you look at where the club is right now, there's obviously a feel-good energy around the club with regards to the players we've recently acquired in um, Rafael Varane, Jadon Sancho, and now Cristiano Ronaldo. It feels like a great window. However, to play devil's advocate on this one, I just want to throw um, caution out there and say, I don't think that as Manchester United fans, um, he should be looked at as the saviour, as the guy who's going to deliver each and every single trophy. Because we do know that at Manchester United, there are still bigger issues at hand that need addressing. So, for example, the defensive midfield position still don't have a defensive midfielder. And um, if we have to be honest, um, Fred and McTominay aren't up to standard if you're trying to compete in the UEFA Champions League, if you're trying to win the Premier League as well. So there's many issues when you look at Manchester United, also from a structural perspective, when you look at the style of play. And how does Ole then put it together and have a well-refined system which would predicate for consistency when it comes to these players, you know, how does he put it together, you know, so there are issues that still need to be addressed, but it is a great signing, nonetheless, from a marketing perspective, cultural perspective, and dressing room perspective, because what he brings to this Manchester United side, he brings a winning mentality, he brings experience, and he brings um, a demigod status, which is always important in football. It's this spiritual nuance that not a lot of people speak about. And whenever you do have that type of player on the field of play, anything and everything is possible. This is a player who can win you a game single-handedly. And when you look at then how he will fit into Manchester United, you know, a lot of people are definitely excited about this. And the goal-scoring pedigree, which is something Manchester United fans have been crying out. So, we've spoken about um, the cultural perspective. We've spoken about the financial perspective. We've spoken about um, each and every single nuance that has to do with off the field. But now, let's go onto the field because that's where we grew to love Ronaldo on the field and what he does on the field. How then does he fit into this Manchester United side? What does he bring to Manchester United? And how can he affect change and ensure that Manchester United can start to compete going forward. So, Manchester United, what we do know is that Ole loves his 4-2-3-1 with the double pivot in there. So, at right back, you've got Juan Bissaka, um, you've, got, uh, you've got Varane, who end up being Varane. Varane will end up starting. It will be um, Maguire, and then you've got Luke Shaw with Tahea and Go. So that is their back four. And then the double pivot, Fred, McTominay, and then as the right wing, eventually you have uh, Jaden Sancho in there. You've got Bruno as the number 10. Um, you've got uh, Greenwood up top, and then you've got Pogba. That's how they've been starting out, you know. So Pogba then would always then come in, and uh, Luke Shaw would go. But how does Ronaldo then fit into this side? So I think Ronaldo slots in as a number nine up front because, um, like I said, he brings that goal threat and um, he's a player who potentially can give you 20-plus goals, which is very important in a title charge. Uh, yes, with the exception that Manchester City have done it without an out-and-out number nine who gave them those 20-plus goals, but that's because they're a phenomenal side. So 
Going back then to Manchester United, I think then Cristiano Ronaldo goes up top. So I'll have a look at it from a perspective when everybody is fully fit. So Cristiano Ronaldo would go up top. So then how then would it work out? So like I mentioned, you've got the back four, you've got the double pivot. So then you've got Bruno in there, you've got Jaden Sancho, and then coming off the left, when everybody's fit, you'd most likely have Rashford. So when you look at that front three, it's got lots of pace, lots of pace, you know. And what I like about it is that it's also got um, final third penetration, box entries, and goal threat as well. These are players who can all score goals. And um, when you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, then I think it would sort of be um, perfect for him, in a sense, to shape up as a number nine, because then you've got Sancho, who loves occupying um, the wide right side. And then this side, you'd have Rashford or you'd have Greenwood coming off the left-hand side. So this position then would be perfect for him. In behind him, you've got Bruno Fernandes, who does um, the job in there. And um, yeah, basically you're looking at Cristiano Ronaldo occupying the box. You know, he's not going to be that free, fluid winger that he was, you know, when he was uh, in his early 20s, when he used to start out wide and beat everybody, deliver crosses, or beat everyone, come in and take shots. But he would be more of a, a static number nine who would look to occupy the box. But don't um, rule out the fact that he's also very good when it comes to his movement. So, yes, he would be the box type of uh, striker, but Ronaldo can also drop deep. When he drops deep, this is perfect for uh, Fernandes, who likes to go in behind and occupy that space. So, Ronaldo can also link up play very well. He's got this one-touch passing movement that he's very good at. When he pops the ball, he spins off, he makes a run. That's what he's also good at. So, whenever he does come short, you find uh, Fernandes can occupy zone 14. You find Rashford can come in behind, or Greenwood can come in behind. And um, on the right-hand side as well, if you find that he's peeled off into the right half space, which is vertical zone 4, you find that uh, Sancho can always come in like that and look to contribute in on goal. So there's many ways in which Cristiano Ronaldo could be used from an offensive perspective. So he's not finished because ever since he left, um, he left uh, Manchester United from that year up until uh, the previous season at Juventus, he's always given you 20 plus league goals without fail. So that's what he can do, is a lethal goal scorer, uh, ambidextrous player, very good in the air, and he's a complete forward. And I think this is what Manchester United have been crying out for, because now with the creative Sancho, with uh, a creative Fernandez, with Luke Shaw when he overlaps, he's also another very creative player within the English Premier League who's created some of, some of um, the best chances for this forward line. So there's many creative players in and around Cristiano Ronaldo, which would predicate for lots of goals for Manchester United. So it's looking really exciting for Manchester United. But the big question then is, how do you then fit in Cristiano Ronaldo, Sancho, Bruno Fernandes, and Pogba? And that's why I say there's deeper issues that need to be addressed within this club. Because if you then could go out and buy a defensive midfielder, a man who can play uh, deep in the heart of the midfield alone, what this would do is it would unlock Manchester United in ways that are so astronomical. Because then, if you went and got maybe, let's say, a Wilfred Ndidi or a Basuma from a Brighton, he would sit in there, and then you could have 
Pogba playing as an 8, Bruno playing as an 8, sometimes joining as a 10, Pogba sometimes coming in deeper. You'd have Sancho, you'd have Ronaldo, and then you'd have your Greenwood or Rashford. And when you look at that, that then looks like a forge line that can go out and compete. That to me looks like a side that can challenge for the league title. And also, when you have uh, Rafael Varane there and you have a defensive midfielder, a world class defensive midfielder, it really stabilizes Manchester United. And what I like about Sancho is that he likes to occupy the right hand side, which is vertical zone number five. So at times, Juan um, Bissaka wouldn't always have to overlap. He would maintain his position deep on the right hand side then that would see stability, you know. Then you know Luke Shaw would go, and then Rashford would always come and join as an inside forward. Then you'd have two. So you'd always have that type of shape of Manchester United. There'd always be a great tactical um, and technical balance with regards to how do they bomb forward and how do they attack and how do they look to impose themselves. So that's how I see it fitting in. Otherwise, if they don't get that... Um, Defensive midfielder, you know, I just think that Ole continues to persist with um, the double pivot and that's what has worked for him You know, you don't change what works for you, you know It would be absurd for him to change what has worked for him and that double pivot has worked for him Which then would potentially see Pogba drop out which would be really sad because you'd want to have Pogba in the side and uh, If he was then a manager who would take a bit more risks because um, I spoke of Rafael Varane and what he gives Manchester United. Like I mentioned, he pushes them up the pitch, so he allows them to. Um, he actually allows them to press the opponents, you know, because this is what he gives you. He gives you that ten to fifteen um, uh, progress, progressive space, right, going forward, and in behind. He also gives you that cover because he's very quick, you know. So he gives you that. So maybe then. It could force Ole's hand to say, okay, I have to pick. It's either Fred or it's McTominay. If you go with McTominay, then Pogba has to come in. You know, because if you're going to have Pogba playing out wide and then keep your double pivot and then uh, leave Greenwood out, I just feel that it leaves you short when it comes to firepower up front. But if you can have Greenwood in there, have Pogba in there and take more risks as a manager, which is something Ole doesn't really do, but I think it would predicate for a more consistent Manchester United. So then you could have Pogba, you could have Fernandez, and then you could have your McTominay or Fred sitting in there. And uh, like I mentioned, you could have uh, one Bissaka there as well. But what would I do then with this Manchester United side from an offensive perspective? So to give you what I would do from a tactical standpoint, to fit everybody in because I think you can fit all these players in. What I would be looking to do as Manchester United, if I was a coach, I would go with a 4-3-3 which would transition into a 3-5-2 at times. So this is going based off who's fit currently. So this is what I would do. The back four stays the same, right? Shut. And then in midfield, in midfield I'll go with McTominay over Fred. I just feel like from a defensive perspective, I feel like it's a bit better than a friend. So I'll go with McTominay as one pivot. And then you'd have uh, Bruno as an 8, who's a hybrid, who's an 8 slash 10. Pogba who's an 8 slash box to box, so he goes deep as well. 
And then you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, I'd have Sancho, and then on the left, I would have Greenwood. So, in the opposition half, this is what it looked like. Sancho would keep the width for us because that's what he likes doing. Um, vertical zone 3 and uh, zone 14 would be occupied by Cristiano Ronaldo. You'd have um, Greenwood coming as sort of the second striker. On the left-hand side, Luke Shaw would keep the width for us because he likes to bomb forward. And then, this is it when it transitions into um, uh, sort of a 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 if you could say it because it is a fluid system with positional play which sees um, high rotation with regards to the pockets of spaces that the players would uh, pick up. So then you'd have Luke Shaw keeping the width for us on the left side, Jaden Sancho keeping the width on the right side, you've got Ronaldo and then you've got Greenwood coming in a lot closer and then you have uh, Bruno Fernandes sort of in that right half space that he loves to occupy. And then you have Pogba who would then be deep in vertical zone 2 which is the left half space. And then you'd have McTominay as a sitter. Now what I would do then is sort of um, invert one Bissaka which would see him become a right sided centre back. Then you have Varane as your libero who gives the cover. So if anything in behind um, Juan Bissaka, you got Varane for the cover. Anything behind Maguire, you got Varane for the cover. So the back three there would be Juan Bissaka, Varane and uh, Maguire. You've got McTominay sitting there. So if we lose the ball, we've got these four players. And you sort of have these four players who can come compact. It becomes this defensive diamond which pushes them on the outside until the other players can recover. So that's what it would look like. You've got... Um, uh, you've got uh, Pogba in there, you've got Bruno in there, and then at times it would end up looking like um, a 3-6-1 or a 3-5-2 when we're really offensive in the opposition half and we've penned them in. So those are the things that you could do with Manchester United. I believe that a couple of these quality signings they've made gives them great tactical versatility and adaptability but the big question is does Ole say it like that I don't think so because he's tactically safe and he's tactically inept so ladies and gentlemen we've come to the end of yet another special episode of Disky Talk with Liolo I thoroughly enjoyed this episode breaking down Cristiano Ronaldo's um, role within this Manchester United squad and what he can do thank you very much for tuning in and always supporting Disky Talk with Luyolo. See!